Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Far-left activists have normalized attacking politicians in public and at their homes, but now they're following them into the bathroom. It's outrageous, it's uncivil, it's just not right, but this is just the latest step in the left's attack on civility. And yes, it is the left because you just don't see this from conservatives. American politics has a civility problem. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Hello, Problematics. I'm coming to you after a glorious weekend free of social media. And we're going to get into a lot this episode about how social media is damaging, you know, this country a lot, especially our our politics, Facebook, Instagram, all of that other stuff. That's kind of like a theme uh, of this episode. And because I take weekends off of social media, I really didn't know about this story that I'm going to lead with until probably, you know, Monday morning. So this is is pretty outrageous. When I saw it, I was actually, you know, I, I I say sometimes it's like I clutch pearls, but this is really something. So Kirsten Cinema is one of the two quote unquote moderate Democratic senators, Democrat senators that are holding up this three point five trillion dollar socialist bill that the left wants to push. They are in the way of you know step one to the socialist utopia that the left wants, and so now. These people absolutely hate them. Now, both uh, Joe Manchin and Cinema were both accosted by protesters. But here's the difference here. Joe Manchin, there were some protesters that actually, you know, kind of cornered Joe Manchin on his $700,000 yacht. And they took kayaks out there, which I thought was actually kind of clever. I got I to gotta give it to him. That's something that I would have done in my sort of liberal activist days. So, you know, hats off to them. I... Put on the uniform for this country. I believe in freedom of speech. I believe in freedom of protesting. I believe in all of that stuff. And the most interesting thing about the uh, the mansion uh, incident is that he's literally just agreeing with these protesters about tax the rich and all this stuff from his $700,000 yacht. And it's really funny. These idiots do not understand um, the hypocrisy here and the lunacy here. But anyway, it's not about Joe Manchin. This is about Kirsten Cinema. Because this senator was followed into the bathroom by a leftist protester um, at the university in Arizona where she is a lecturer at. And I want to play you some of the audio from this. And if you've not seen this video, the video is actually kind of it's it's really scary. It's it's um, an attack on her space. It's an attack on her privacy. It's one of the more egregious things that I've ever seen. But I want you to play this audio because this is what they are saying. And you have to visualize in your mind. This woman is in they have chased this woman into the bathroom. She is in a stall right now while this is going on. So then we want to talk to you real quick. Can we talk to you real quick? Hi, actually, I am heading out. But, um, right now is a real moment that our people need in order for us to be able to talk about what's really happening. We need a Build Back Better plan right now. We, we knocked on door first. We need solutions to the Build Back Better plan. We have the solutions that we need. We knocked on doors for you to get you elected. And just how we got you elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us. We need seven million citizenship for seven million. We need the Build Back Better plan right now. My name is Blanca. I was brought here to the United States when I was three years old. And 
And in 2010, my grandparents both got deported because of SB 1070. And I'm here because I definitely believe that we need a pathway to citizenship. My grandfather passed away two weeks ago, and I was not able to go to Mexico and visit him because there is no pathway to citizenship. And if we have the opportunity to pass it right now, then we need to do it because there's millions of undocumented people just like me who share the same story or even worse things that happen to them because of SB 1070 and because of anti-immigrant legislation. And this is the opportunity to pass it right now and we need you to we need to hold you accountable to what you told us, what you promised us that you were going to pass when we knocked on doors for you. It's not right. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor of human trafficking and it's because of the lack of worker protections that we don't have in the gig economy. I need you to stand by workers, lots of people who are like me. Okay, so this is where we're at right now. So this is completely insane, first of all. Um, and and uh, what I love the most about this whole thing is the, 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 there is just the entitlement um, that is coming from both of these people. Um, I voted for you, and I can get you out of office if you don't stand up for what you voted for, et cetera, et cetera. And what's going on here is this. And if you really look at this and you really kind of take a bird's eye view of what is going on right now, um, and, and it actually gives me hope. And it is the fact that these far left progressive, quote unquote, activists are not succeeding in getting a whole lot done. They're succeeding in making themselves look stupid. They're succeeding in making themselves look absolutely insane, but they're not getting these things done. And so Senator Cinema. Um, released a statement in response to this. And this was very interesting. So this is what she says. Several individuals disrupted my class at Arizona State University. After deceptively entering a locked secure building, these individuals filmed and publicly posted videos of my students without their permission, including footage taken of both my students and I using a restroom. Um, you know, look, this activist group that engaged in yesterday's behavior is one that both my team and I have met with several times since I was elected to the Senate, and I will continue engaging with Arizonans with diverse viewpoints to help inform my work for Arizona. Yesterday's behavior was not legitimate protest. It is unacceptable for activist organizations to instruct their members to jeopardize themselves by engaging in all unlawful activities, blah, blah, blah. So the part of this statement that strikes me as disingenuous is the idea that this is not something that the left has been advocating for for years, okay? So you can call you can draw a direct line from the language that has been going on on the left to what is happening right now. But first, um I want to give you Biden's response to this which is so weak and toothless just like his presidency. This is what he had to say about it. Mr. President, uh, you're talking about how you have 48 Democratic votes right now. The other two uh, have been pressured over the weekend by activists. Joe Manchin had people on kayaks show up to his boat to yell at him. Senator Sinema last night was chased into a restroom. Do you think that those tactics are crossing a line? I don't think they're appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody from the, <laughs> the only people it doesn't happen to are people who have Secret Service standing around them. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's part of the process. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's part of the process. It happens to everybody. You know, cinema should just get some more, um, some more security, some more Secret Service. Look, you can, go, you can draw a direct line, like I said, from this behavior to the language that has been coming from the left for years. 
I want you to listen to Maxine Waters, Mad Maxine Waters, one of the biggest bozos, liars, crooks, and frauds in Congress today. And my God, that is saying a lot. But listen to what she said just a couple of years ago about um, citizens, you know, accosting people that were working for the Trump administration in public. Do you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store? a gasoline station you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore anywhere you tell them they're not welcome anymore anywhere you see them in public you get around them you create a crowd you push back this is what maxine waters this is what the left this is what they wanted but as usual when the left has created this monster, when they have destroyed the civility, what little civility um, exists in American politics, when they have created this monster, it is not just the right that is the targets you know, of this monster that they've created. Now, this monster is coming back to the left. So now these are the chickens coming home to roost because these people have so thoroughly poisoned um, civility and politics. These people have so thoroughly poisoned the minds of their brain dead followers so that they would think that this kind of behavior is appropriate. There is a direct line from that instance of Maxine Waters basically um, trying to get people to bully and shame and shout down uh, people that worked in the Trump administration in public to these far left activists basically cornering Kirsten Cinema in the bathroom. And the saddest thing and the most infuriating thing about this entire situation is that these people think they're the good guys, okay? These progressive activists Put that video on Twitter. They expected, and this is how nutty this is, and this is how crazy these people have gotten. They expected to become activist celebrities from this. They did not expect to be condemned from all sides. They did not expect to be condemned from the right and the left. Of course, everybody on the right was going to condemn this because we condemn things like this. We do not act in uncivil ways like this. But what they thought was that, you know, Queen Rachel Maddow or on MSNBC or Don Lemon on CNN or any of these other idiots were going to, you know, bring them on and make them the new progressive heroes. And so this is how nutty, this is how crazy, this is how brain dead these people are. And it really does speak to the civility problem and the civility issue that we have in American politics. We demonize the other side. We dehumanize the other side. And now, case in point, when you have two people that are on the same side of the aisle, Cinema uh, said in her statement that she has met with this at this organization, La Lucha, I guess, you know, some far left, you know, immigrant activist organization. So she said that she had met with these people dozens, what she say, dozens of times since she's become a senator. But yet and still, nothing is enough for them. Yet and still, they follow her into the bathroom trying to create a social media moment. So this is not civil, and this is not right. And I say that American politics has a civility problem because there are probably still some people to this day. Note, I haven't heard any kind of statement from AOC. I haven't heard any kind of statement from the squad, anybody condemning this. They do not condemn this because it helps them achieve their goals. 
because their goal is nothing but power. Their goal is nothing but passing um, these far left agendas. And this is only when it starts. So if you see these people and you have to understand right now, and I think that people forget this because this administration has been such a disaster and they have gotten absolutely nothing done, that these people currently are in control of the White House, the Senate, and the Congress. And so this is where they are when they have control over everything. Imagine what is going to happen, and there will be a time in the future where Republicans have control, once again, of the White House, the Senate, and the Congress. How do you think these far-left protesters who keep on breaking down every norm and every barrier that we have had in terms of how we deal with our politicians, in terms of how we act in American politics, how do you think that these people are going to act towards the Republican senators and the Republican Congress people that are trying to do their jobs the next time there's a Republican in office? So yes, American politics does have a civility problem. It, it really does. And I don't want to both sides this. I don't necessarily think, and, and this was something that was a viral moment over the weekend, um, these people chanting F Joe Biden at, uh, I, I think, like a NASCAR race or something like that. And it went viral because the reporter uh, was talking to one of the drivers. His name is Brandon. And she's like, oh, yeah, they're chanting. They're chanting. Let's go, Brandon. So there's a civility issue here. And I don't know if social media is to blame for it. I don't know if what I like to call the Kardashian, the Kardashianification of American politics, which is what I, when I say that, I mean that we don't have politicians anymore. Um, we don't have people whose goals and, and um, aim is to legislate, is to make the lives of Americans better. We have social media celebrities now. Maxine Waters has done nothing in 30 years. And there are people on the right, it's the same way. These are social media celebrities. And so this is the Kardashianification of American politics. And that is where the civility issue is coming from. Because like I'll get into later, in the, later on in the episode, a lot of these politicians depend on social media for fundraising. They depend on social media for clout. They depend on this stuff um, to advance their agenda and to make their voices louder. But the problem is that the only thing that works on social media, the only thing that gets... Uh, followers and retweets and all of that other stuff is just the most divisive statements and the most divisive things humanly possible. So this is where we're at. We are at a point in which far-left activists think that it is absolutely appropriate to follow a United States senator into the bathroom because she will not help them push their far-left agenda. And then they feel like if they post it on social media... They're going to be lionized for it. So American politics definitely has a civility problem. So the question for, for all of us thinking Americans, and like I said, I know that I've got some liberals that listen to me. I know that I've got some conservatives that listen to me. I know that I've got a lot of people in the middle listening. So my question to all of you out there, my challenge to you is this. What are we going to do about this? Are we going to continue down this path that we're on, which I don't think is good? I do not think this is a good path. Or are we going to start listening to each other? Are we going to start talking to each other? Are we going to start trying to find some middle ground here? Those far left protesters that followed cinema into the bathroom, they've already made their decisions. 
they've made their decision that they will be as divisive as possible, that there are no barriers, that there are no boundaries, that they will be uncivil, and that they will run to social media with the evidence of their incivility, with the evidence of their complete and utter lack of home training so that they can get a pat on the head from the squad or from some of the other people who are, you know, low-key kind of advocating for this stuff. So my question to you, Problematics, is what are you going to do about the civility problem that we have in American politics? Are you going to try to listen to the other side or are you going to demonize them? Are you going to have one set of rules for everybody or... Or is it going to be one set of rules for your side and another set of rules for the other side? I think that this is something that we all need to start thinking about. This is something that we all start need to be doing a little bit better at. All of us need to be better than these protesters who literally followed Senator Cinema into the bathroom in order to push their agenda. It's gross. Coming up, for anyone still listening to Lord Fauci, he is now not sure that you'll be able to spend time with your family this Christmas, and I'll have more on that after the break. So I've got a little message for you, Problematics. I personally stopped listening to Anthony Fauci a long time ago, probably about June 2020. I decided that Dr. Fauci was, I don't know, a hack, a bureaucrat, somebody who I'm not going to allow to dictate my life. And so the only reason I bring him up or the only reason that I care at all what he has to say is because I'm a media person, I'm a commentator, this is what I do. And what he says is newsworthy, okay? What he says is newsworthy. And there are some members of the COVID cult, and this is what I call it nowadays, I call it the COVID cult. If you see somebody walking down the street with a mask on in October of 2021, they are in the COVID cult. If you see somebody wiping down, there's this weirdo that goes to the gym that I go to, and this person sprays down the equipment. He has his own can of Lysol, and he sprays down all the equipment, and he he wears two masks, and you know he wipes it down with the um, the antibacterial wipe. This person is in a cult. Okay, these people are, are so mentally damaged and deranged by the media hysteria that came from COVID that they still listen to Anthony Fauci, and they will still listen to, get this, Anthony Fauci is basically saying that he is not sure that you're going to be able to spend time with your own family members this Christmas. Listen to this. You know, Margaret, it's just too soon to tell. We've just got to concentrate on continuing to get those numbers down and not try to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. Dr. Fauci said, and this was him talking on on Face the Nation on CBS, by the way, uh, you know, he said, it's just too soon to tell if your family is going to be able to to spend time with one another this Christmas. And look, you know, Fauci cleaned this up because it it caused quite the uproar on on social media. He cleaned it up, and I'll play that for you in a second. But my, my words to Anthony Fauci, my words to Dr. Fauci is this. I will be celebrating Christmas with my family this year. My mother is vaccinated. My grandmother is vaccinated. My entire family has either gotten over COVID, which means they have natural immunity, or they have gotten the vaccine. 
I am neither pro nor against the vaccine. I have always been for freedom. I am for the freedom of everyone to make their own decisions when it comes to this coronavirus vaccine. And so my message to Dr. Fauci is that my rights do not come from you. They do not come from the CDC. They do not come from the federal government. They do not come from any of the DC hacks who spend their entire lives in these pathetic, sad little buildings in the swamp dictating how people should spend their lives. And so my rights do not come from you. My rights come from God. And God wants me to spend this Christmas with my family. I did not spend last Christmas with family because my mother was in the COVID cult last Christmas. So I was not able to spend, you know, Christmas with family. She was just, she was too freaked out. And I just said, you know what? I'm not even going to deal with this. But this Christmas, my mother's vaccinated and everybody's cool. So we're going to spend the holidays together. And, and so now this is, and, and this is the thing with these bureaucrats. Like sometimes they say the quiet part out loud. And in this case, Fauci is caught saying the quiet part out loud. Out loud. He is caught saying that he is not sure that, that, you know, whether or not Americans will be able to celebrate their holiday season after people have sacrificed and given up so much. And so this is him. Of course, he ran right over to CNN. You know, CNN fake news is always going to help him clean up. So this is what he said in response to the controversy. I was asked, what could we predict for this winter for like December and Christmas? I was going to ask you. Yeah, I mean, I say you hold off on that. I said, We don't know because we've seen slopes that went down and then came back up. The best way to assure that we'll be in good shape as we get into the winter would be to get more and more people vaccinated. That was misinterpreted as my saying, we can't spend Christmas with our families, which was absolutely not the case. I will be spending Christmas with my family. I encourage people, particularly the vaccinated people who are protected to have a good, normal Christmas with your family. Yes, yes, he would encourage people, particularly the vaccinated people that are protected to spend Christmas with their family. And and look, so, you know, all the buzzwords are here, the misinformation, oh, and he was misinterpreted. And, you know, look, he says it's ridiculous that he would have said this, but honestly... And, and guys, you know, you know me, you know who I am. I'm not some freaking I'm, I'm conservative. Everybody knows that. But I'm not some some hack. OK, I would not um, use a clip out of context and I would not just, you know, feign outrage for it just for the purposes of a podcast or or a Facebook video or something like that. You know, this is really what he meant. Like I said, these people say the quiet part loud sometimes. And of course, he says that it's, quote unquote, ridiculous that he could have said that, you know, people can't spend Christmas with their families. But can you blame anyone for taking this deathly seriously? Anyone. Look at, this is what these people have done over the past 18 months. This is what the Fauci's of the world and and the um, the Newsom's over there, the Governor Newsom's and the Nancy Pelosi's and the Governor Whitmer's. This is what all these people have done over the past year and a half. These people have shut down churches. These people have destroyed livelihoods, restaurants and bars and and, and pharmacies and corner stores that people have sunk their entire life savings into, that people have spent their entire lives building up, were gone, destroyed by these people. These people have destroyed people's livelihoods. These people have destroyed lives. And we will not really be able... um, to have an accurate representation of how thoroughly the coronavirus pandemic and these um, 
government restrictions have destroyed these people's lives. We will not be able to really accurately um, get a read on this, I think, for decades. There are people that are still so afraid of COVID that they won't even dine indoors. There are still people that are so afraid of COVID that they continue to wear masks outside. Like like the, the gym weirdo and my, the gym weirdo with two masks um, and, and he's spraying everything down with Lysol, right? This is all over a virus with a recovery rate of over 99% among people over under 70, right? And so Fauci saying that it's ridiculous that anyone would have taken him seriously, it shows you how much he lives in the bubble. These people do not realize they have no sense of what the real world is outside of this D.C. bureaucrat bubble that they live in. And make no mistake, folks, make no mistake. If they could be locking us down again, they would be. If they could require masks outside all the time, everywhere, they would be doing this. Look at what's going on in Australia right now. If you um, watch Tucker Carlson, he had a great piece on this last week about these draconian restrictions that are happening in Australia right now. So the populace is disarmed, right? So their government and and their police force can pretty much do whatever they want to to them, and they are doing it. They are attacking people in the streets for not wearing masks, right? And when you think about all of the people that are in charge right now in America, if they could get away with this, if Dr. Fauci could honestly, legitimately get away with saying that I don't know if you're going to be able to spend Christmas with your family without this blowback, then he would have just let it go. The COVID cult... And people that listen to Dr. Anthony Fauci, people that still listen to him, people that still listen to uh, Walensky, who's the CDC director, the people that still listen to these people that have destroyed your way of life, that have destroyed the livelihoods of, of so many over the past year, the COVID cold is here to stay. These people that have enacted these policies have an insane amount of power. These people have more power than they ever have at any point. In American history, I believe. These people have so much power. And I had a conversation with an Uber driver this weekend. This guy ended up being pretty based. We were just talking about, you know, I don't wear my mask in the in the Uber. Um, he wasn't wearing a mask. So we started talking about this, and he made a really good point. I'm sure you've heard this before. That once you give up your freedoms to these people, they're not just going to hand them back to you. There are far too many people in the society who have handed their freedoms to people like Dr. Fauci, to some of these politicians. And they have handed their mental freedom to these people. Anybody that you see still wearing a mask is in the COVID cult. Anybody that you see that still wears a mask outside wants you to know how virtuous they are, which is why they're still wearing the mask outside, and they are in a cult. And the people that are in power realize that they have a lot of cult members, and this is how they control them. This is how they want to control you. These people have an insane amount of power that is more than they ever have had before, and they do not want to give this up. So do not listen to Dr. Fauci. Do not listen to Walensky. Do not listen to CNN with their stupid um, coronavirus counter. They're still doing that after a year and a half. They have a percentage rate of uh, uh, a vaccine percentage rate of the population is vaccinated or not. They still have that stuff. This is 18 months into this, folks. Stop listening to these people. Stop listening to the COVID cult. Stop listening to their leaders. Go out and live your life.
Do not turn it over to Dr. Fauci anymore because we have all done that over the past year or so. And I'm telling you, we've got to get back to living our lives normally because if we do not, every single day that we don't live our lives normally, that we do not walk around without a mask on, that we do not join this cult, every single day we do this, we keep on giving them their power. And it is time to take it back. I'm tired of it, and I know you are too. So a whistleblower is shining some light about exactly what is going on over at Facebook, and the findings may disturb you. I will have more on that up next. Let's talk a little bit about uh, social media. Let's talk a little bit about Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And and look, and this is going to come as a surprise to probably a lot of you because I, I do social media. Social media is my career. I have a, a large following. I do the podcast. And I do the Fox News. And I do the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that other stuff. Follow me on all platforms at Rob Smith Online, by the way. Social media is damaging this society in a lot of different ways. And I think that fundamentally the the, the main way that social media is damaging our society is that people are just spending too much time there. They're spending way too much time with their faces and their phones. They're spending way too much time on social media. They're spending way too much time reading things and consuming content and consuming information that is just going to make you angry because it is curated to make you angry. And, And I think that we all knew this. I think that we all knew that this was going on, but now you know, we have a whistleblower that has been speaking out in the media. So the Wall Street Journal did an expose, and now this whistleblower um, named Francis uh, Hagan has spoken with 60 Minutes over on CBS News about the ways that she thinks Facebook is hurting society. And I want you to listen to a little bit about what she had to say. One of the most shocking pieces of information that I brought out of Facebook um, that I think is essential to this disclosure is political parties have been quoted in Facebook's own research saying, we know you changed how you pick out the content that goes in the home feed. And now if we don't publish angry, hateful, polarizing, divisive content, crickets, we don't get anything. And we don't like this. We even know our constituents don't like this, but if we don't do these stories, we don't get distributed. And so it used to be that we did very little of it. And now, now we have to do a lot of it because we have jobs to do. And if we don't get traffic and engagement, we'll lose our jobs. And so, you know, look, there's something to that. There is something to that. And, and furthermore, she said this. She said, uh, its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other emotions. And I think there's something to that. So look, you guys know I do the social media thing. Um, You know, you see my videos on Facebook. Hopefully you see them on Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Rob Smith Online. And as somebody that, and you know, I did did Outnumbered. And this came up on Outnumbered. I wasn't able to, to speak in that segment. We were running a little low on time. But as somebody who interacts with Facebook, I do videos on Facebook. I make money from Facebook videos. And, you know, if you go to my page, you'll see a lot of different things. Sometimes it's, you know, it's 80% political. Sometimes there will just be something really funny that that I'll do a video on. Like there was this man who uh, was basically battling an alligator with a, with a large uh, 
garbage can, garbage bin. I, I put that on Facebook. So, you know, there's lots of different types of thing on my Facebook feed, but there's something to be said for the fact that the clips that go viral, the things that get the most views, the things that get the most shared, um, sometimes tend to be some of the more divisive things. And I definitely see that. And I definitely see that in, in the things that I'm looking at. Now, I do have to call a little bit foul on this person's intentions. I do not believe that her intentions are pure because I want to talk a little bit about, a little bit more about what she had to say, okay? So part of what you know her agenda is in going to the public about this and, and going to the media about this is that she talked about how Facebook dissolved its civic integrity unit after the 2020 election and before the January 6th, you know, the, the Capitol riots, what happened there. And so she said... This is what she said. They told us we're dissolving civic integrity. Like, they basically said, oh, good, we made it through the election. There wasn't riots. We can get rid of civic integrity now. Fast forward a couple of months, we got the insurrection. This is what she said, right? And, and so the interesting thing to me, and this is how I, this is where I call foul on, I am not entirely sure what the motivation is here, okay? Because this is what I believe. I believe that the motivation here is this. I think that some liberal-leaning people and I think that some people on the left would like for Facebook to just crack down on all conservative content. And this is sort of the Trojan horse that they're using to sort of like to, to push these ideas in. The most heavily trafficked pages on Facebook are conservative leaning pages or from conservative leaning personalities like Dan Bongino. Pace page is huge on Facebook. Benny Johnson's page is huge. Um, you've got the Daily Wire. You've got the Daily Caller. Um, these are getting massive amounts of traffic on Facebook, partially because people go to Facebook to see something outside of the mainstream news. Um, the, the traffic that these outlets get, Bongino, Daily Caller, Daily Wire, etc., the traffic that they get on Facebook um, outdoes out the mainstream media probably about three, four, five, tenfold. They outdo the Times, they outdo CNN, they outdo 60 Minutes, they outdo CBS, they outdo all these other things. And I believe that there is nothing that mainstream media would like more than to get their tentacles into heavily controlling what it is that Facebook does so that they can crush conservative-oriented media. And I do not believe for a single second that Facebook is pushing out conservative-leaning content and quote-unquote divisive content more heavier than anything else because there is no content that is more heavily policed by Facebook than right-leaning or conservative content. It is more heavily policed than anything out there. I cannot tell you how many videos that I've had taken down from Facebook. And I think I've told you guys this before. I did a video on Facebook about Demi Lovato. The pop singer Demi Lovato came out as non-binary. And I said that this is ridiculous. I said that non-binary is not a thing. This is just not a real thing that exists in the world. And I got a strike on Facebook. That strike was there for three months. The video got taken down. Somebody reported for hate, hate speech. You know, you get three of those, you get your, your page deleted. I've got 330,000 followers there. This is how um, I, I put my content out to the people that want to hear what I have to say. So I won't believe for a second that Facebook is somehow, you know, jacking up the amount of conservative-leaning content that people see because it is better for their bottom line. I do not believe that. 
What I will say is that there are some real issues with social media. Um, here's the thing. So Facebook owns Instagram. And some of the documents that were leaked by, by this woman show that 13.5% of teen girls say Instagram makes thoughts of suicide worse, and 17% say it makes their eating disorders worse. And basically what she is saying is that this is part of the business model. Basically, um, Facebook's own research says that as these young women begin to consume this eating disorder content, they get more and more depressed, which makes them use the app more, and the app shows them more of this content. So it's kind of like this vicious feedback cycle, which really does a number on the psyches of these young women. And young men are not immune to this either. You know, when you when you're a man, and, and look right now, like you guys listen to my podcast, you guys know that you know I'm I'm on kind of like this fitness journey right now. And when you're a guy, and, and you know you're working out, and you're trying to get your body together, and you pop open Instagram, and you see eight pack abs, and you see all these great lives, and all of that other stuff, it, it does tend to make you feel like, oh man, you know, is my body not good enough? Is my life not good enough? Is is anything not good enough? And so, that is where I think that. And here's the thing, folks. And this is all about, does Facebook need to be broken up and regulated in some way? I do believe so, absolutely. But I fear that because I fear that the powers that be that want to control every single way that you get your content and your information, they are just seeing Facebook as their newest target. And this is what they want. They want to use Facebook to control more of the flow of information because Facebook isn't playing nice enough with them. Facebook already suppressed um, the New York Post story about Hunter Biden leading up to the election, they already suppress things that don't make that make Democrats look bad. But I think this is about the left wanting more control over Facebook. And so look, as I always say, we have freedom as Americans. We have freedom as consumers of this stuff. And I think that sometimes we need to exercise our freedom a little bit more and exercise our discipline a little bit more when it comes to how much we use these social media apps. Your use of these social media apps, the more you use it, the more prone to depression you will become. And I told you about this on the personal episode I did a couple of episodes back. My usage went up, I would say, tenfold during 2020 during the events, during the riots, because it just seemed like there was always something happening. And look, it was it was good for my engagement. It was good for my career. It was good for all of that stuff. I, I doubled my following and all of that stuff. But you start becoming addicted to these platforms. And the more time you spend on these platforms, the more it will make you feel a certain type of way about your fellow American, maybe because they think differently than you do. And these things will make you depressed. It will make you feel like your body is not good enough. It will make you feel like your life is not good enough. It will make you feel like America is going down the drain. It will make you feel like your neighbor who may not have voted for the person that you voted for is just complicit in the destruction of America. So we have the freedom as Americans to moderate how much we consume this stuff. Because let me tell you something about Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all the rest of them. These people do not care about you. They do not care about me. They do not care about your mental health. They do not care about my mental health. They do not care. What these companies care about is their bottom line. What they care about is getting more engagement. What they care about is making more money. So it is up to you and me to dictate how much of our lives we are going to give 
to these social media networks? How much of our lives are we going to spend staring at our phones? I usually take the whole weekend free of social media. I do not like to be there on the weekends because you know what? When I open it up, there's I'm only going to see something that either makes me mad or makes me feel like my life is not good enough or makes me feel like my body is not good enough or makes me feel like I'm not accomplished or successful enough, etc. So I will not use it on the weekends and I will not use it after 6 p.m. every day. These are just things that I am starting to work on because Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter does not care about you. They do not care about me. They do not care about our mental health and about our well-being. The only thing they care about is getting us more addicted to their products. So as a free American, my advice to you is this. Moderate how much you use these things. Watch your usage. Watch how much you're consuming. Watch when you're consuming it. Get your nose out of your phone. Get out of these social media networks and get engaged into the real world because I will tell you guys, it is lovely out here. And that is the world that the people that run these social media networks do not want you to be engaged in because when you're engaged in the real world, they lose money and they don't like losing money. So beat them at their own game. Get your nose out of the phone. And spend some time into the real world, guys. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And to hear more of my episodes and get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.